Hello, and welcome to a special episode of Tell Me All Your Thoughts on God. I'm Quillen. <laughs> I'm Al. And I'm Trav. Some of the biggest messiahs of the 90s never had a modern rock number one, but we still want to commit our souls to them. <laughs> and some of them we don't want to commit to at all. But as DT, DC, as, but as DC Talk says about abortion, uh, children can live without it, and we can live... <laughs> We can live without Christian rock, but we can't live without telling you about Christian rock from the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) So, in that spirit, today, dear father, we'll be speaking about the big three in 90s mainstream Christian rock, Jars of Clay, DC Talk, and Newsboys and their seminal albums. It's my father's house. My father's house. I have doubts. Yeah, right. House. My father's house. to say his name. And Make them wonder what you got. Make them think that they are not on the outside looking on. Something like that. Oh, that's another persecuted Christian. Yes. Happy Good Friday, everybody. Yes. And same to you, brother. We're we're preparing this for Good Friday, but it should be said we're recording this on 311. Praise them. Um, <laughs> and uh, we also noticed today that it was the 25th anniversary of the release of Disciplined Breakdown by Collective Soul. So there are a lot of reasons why on the day that we're recording and on the day that you're listening, uh, lots of reasons for us to pause and reflect on the beauty of the world (laughs) and the beauty of the lord sure don't forget Mm -hmm. Uh, so so we're we're already taking a mocking tone uh (laughs) how are we uh how are we approaching this this is uh quill this is something primarily from your childhood i i guess i can't quite figure out to what degree this is also from trav's childhood yeah i'm not Um, sure about that either um fully what's 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 the tone today what's the approach well i so i mean this was an idea that we've been kicking around for a while um i think uh you know for episodes uh in the past um I was trying to mention as many Christian bands as I could in a joking manner (laughs) and it became a bit and then flood by jars of clay actually ended up on the, uh, modern rock, uh, charts. And so that became a bit, it was on there for a while and that was a long running bit. And yeah, I think that I had suggested, uh, in, in jest, honestly, that we should do a Christian uh, rock episode. And 
I think you guys thought that it would be a fun and funny uh, idea mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to to actually do it. So here we are. I think we, you know, uh, we, I had offered a couple of ideas, like talking about actual bands that I really liked and listened to and enjoyed in my past um, in high school. Um, and uh, I think it was decided to focus more on the uh, bigger bands of my earlier past. Um, this is like elementary school we're talking about. Um, mm-hmm. When I was pretty exclusively listening to Christian music. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, just as like a background, I you know, we, we talk about God kind of often on here or, or it's mentioned often. Um, and, you know, I, I did legitimately grow up in a conservative Christian home um, with conservative Christian parents who were relatively strict on my listening habits and, and um, art intake. And um, uh, yeah, I w- was legitimately listening to um, like popular contemporary Christian artists and, and eventually like mainstream Christian rock bands, because that was what I was allowed to listen to. And, um, I just thought it would be interesting and funny to kind of, uh, dig into those albums now, um, after having not listened to them for, you know, decades at this point and, uh, see what they sound like and see how I feel about them and what you guys think of them. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and yeah, now, and now is like, uh, you know, a, uh, I'm not going to say atheist, but, um, I'm, I'm quite agnostic on, um, spirituality in general. Um, I, I look at these things in a, a much different lens. So, uh, yeah, I just figured it would be a, a fun exercise, maybe a challenging ex- exercise as well. So, Trav, you always laugh about this stuff, but then you seem to have a, a suspicious amount of knowledge about it. <laughs> <laughs> is this, How is dare this you? Part of your, is this part of your childhood, too? Sort of. I had a good uh, six or seven year run there, um, which came late because, you know, so like I, I guess I probably got involved in like a youth group around like 10th or 11th grade, which was probably around 98. And um, when you join like that late in your life, you're playing catch up in every way because they've, you know, everybody you're around has gone to church their entire lives. They have, they know the whole history of everything. They know the Bible. Well, they know the culture, which includes all of this music. And so it was almost like stepping into that world was like an entirely different, uh, a different world. Um, and one where like everyone knew these songs that I'd never heard before. And it was kind of alienating. Um, But I did my best to try to kind of catch up while not, I I don't know. So there were moments where I felt convicted to, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, to, to make more of an effort to listen to Christian music or Christian equivalents. So like, there would be, you know, if you're into punk, well, there's MXPX. You listen to MXPX. If you're into emo, you listen to Dear Ephesus. Like, we have, we have that. You don't mm-hmm. have to listen to, to contemporary music anymore. Cool, and I'm mm-hmm. sure you know exactly, you know, what that sort of vibe is oh, dude, coming from people, right? There were actual, like, charts 
in so like so yeah. so Christian music was some of it you could get at like Best Buy or Harmony House or something like that, but it was mostly sold in Christian bookstores. Um, Family that sold that's one of the one of the uh, uh, franchises. Yeah, and that's uh, where I got my stuff. Yeah, me too. And uh, it, it formerly called Agape Booksellers, mm. and then it became Family Christian that's Bookstore. Good. And uh, yeah, I mean they sold Bibles and like Christian novels and. Um, inspirational things and and Christian music and including like you know underground like Christian punk and stuff like that too um, mm-hmm. but they would often have like charts um, that I don't remember it was like a distribution company that um, made them called like the Diamante group or something like that I remember um, mm-hmm. and it was like a chart of like uh, it would like the header would be a genre and then it would list like if you like this secular band you'll probably like this christian band and it was just like basically a spreadsheet of like you know 100 (laughs) different secular bands and then they are like christian um contemporaries and yeah this is how you convert basically do it this yeah way. so yeah i guess all of that is to say like i uh i tried and i don't uh, most of it didn't click like no matter how hard i tried i was just like this is just not this is second rate versions of better bands um mm-hmm. but uh yeah I, I i think i i tried for a while and then i kind of gave up and just stayed with with the culture for six or seven years and by the time I was you know out of college for a year or two it was sort of fading and it wasn't like the um priority that it used to be so you know also with that comes a lot of bitterness and and hostility uh from a lot of you know I mean church experiences I guess that I can only associate with the music that came with it so it's easy to carry over those feelings to this music when it's already pretty weak and um watered down to begin with Mm -hmm. so I I will be probably relentlessly hostile to all of this (laughs) (laughs) Um, and will not give it a fair shot. So, yeah, I, I just have so many negative feelings towards, um, the church and, uh, my faith, um, back then, but I have nostalgic feelings for the music, um, that I grew up listening to. So, yeah, I guess I should add, I differ from you a little bit in that, like, I, (sighs) I'm still like kind of tortured over the um the way things went down and I've just totally put it on the back burner. So that complicates things even a little bit more where I'm like, okay, there's still a there's still a right way to do this. And I just haven't seen it and I don't I'm not motivated to establish it. But um like there's still a right way to be Christian. Yeah. yeah. That- that's what I was asking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, the door is not totally closed, mm-hmm. but it's all the, the church stuff. It's all the people stuff that gets in the way. Obviously the politics, which are disastrous. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, it doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon, but I, you know, I know that, <clears throat> that there's uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. That there's a right way to do this. And, um, the fact that it hasn't been resolved does kind of eat at me a little bit. So I okay. 100% get that. And I think in some ways I'm, I'm, I'm there with you, Trav, but I think my, I, I don't even think I, I, I need to get a therapist, I think to really unpack um, all of my uh, issues and, and kind of where I'm at with this stuff. I haven't fully, mm-hmm. <laughs> figured it out i just know that i don't want anything to do with it um outside of like um some of the music that i still like we ain't got no place to go let's go to the punk rock show darling take me by the hand gonna see a punk rock band there's no yes and tv shows Radio, rodeo, wanna get into the crowd, wanna hear it play real loud. We ain't got no place, girl, so let us do the fun show. Don't take me by the hand, we're gonna see a fun band. So, Al, did you, um, like, were you aware of any of these groups in your childhood at all? Very vaguely. You know, I, my mom... Uh, took my brother and me to church and, and we just kind of, she wanted us to be exposed to it. She wanted us to get confirmed and then she kind of let us decide if we wanted to drop it or not. And I did not want to drop it. I, I stuck with it for several years. Um, so I was, I was into Christianity in my adolescence and my first year or so of high school. And then I kind of dropped it. But, you know, we've talked about the idea that I sort of, looked for and was able to find Christianity in, you know, mainstream pop and rock music. So I found it somehow in, you know, listening to live and uh, I found it in Collective Soul, which wasn't hard to find because, I mean, I think I think that they were they were uh, a, a sl- only slightly veiled uh, Christian band themselves. Mm-hmm. But um, I had a, a, a our, our mutual friend, Stefan, you know, he grew up in an evangelical family. And so I think that at, at various points I heard, like, I remembered the newsboy's name at least. Um, and then there was a point in high school where I started playing in the worship band at his, at his church's um, youth program. You did? Not... Yeah, I did. Yeah, I played bass in the worship band, and uh, he played guitar. And um, I don't remember any of these songs, but we got to know, you know, a lot of the kind of the basic, uh, I don't know, rock Christian music. That was after I had uh, decided that I I was not uh, a Christian anymore. And so that was kind of awkward. That mm-hmm. was mostly something that I did because I, I, I'm serious because I felt kind of guilty about how much frozen pizza I ate at the Dahmer's house. And so I felt like I had to do something <laughs> to pay them back for it. And that was to be in the worship band. <laughs> oh, was it, was it um, St. Luke? <laughs> yeah. yeah. St. Luke on Washington. <laughs> yeah. And they were going to say, was it uh, Tombstone? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I went to it was, it was Jack's. <laughs> I went to St. Luke a number of times um with Stefan yeah. and other friends from college uh 
Uh-huh. It was actually one of the more welcoming churches that I had ever been to. No, I, I remember everybody being nice. Mm-hmm. I remember one really awkward memory where everybody put on these bracelets to like pledge that they were going to pray around the flagpole. Like it was like national prayer on the flagpole yeah. day. See you at the pole. And I, See and, I stuck, <laughs> and I stuck with my guns. They're passing out those bracelets and I did not put one on. Yeah. And it was very awkward. I was the only person in the room that didn't have one of those bracelets on. Have either of you guys navigated this stuff with with your parents? Like, I yep. I have not. <laughs> uh, more than anything, I'll say nasty things about church, and my mom will go Travis, and uh, <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't even know why I mentioned it because it it could open a can of worms if I really was drunk right now. But uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at uh, it is something that. I have not navigated with my parents much and uh it is a um big hurdle for me and because my parents are still very much uh conservative and Christian and you know uh voting Republican no matter what and all of that stuff and you know it's hard to to balance being myself with them and um you know, dealing with like having so vastly different um, values and uh, um, just ways of life. It's, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you're not recording this and putting it on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so I guess uh, I, I, I'm just curious before we dig into the specific albums, uh, just give me a general like... Yeah, I feel a little I feel a little tenderness for young Aaron Quillen listening to this stuff because I imagine it must have been hard to be young and want to feel connected to pop culture but either feel that it's like sinful or it's frowned upon by your family. So I think that this music performs the necessary function there of like uh you want to look out the window and your parents bring you home a uh, photograph of outside and you put it on your wall and that that's that's your you pretend that you're looking out the window uh for a for a non-christian i don't think there's any reason at all to listen to any of these three bands i don't just don't think there's anything and for a christian adult if you don't have to be connected to what's cool or what's in I mean, there's plenty of good religious music out there that fits naturally. I mean, you could listen to gospel music. You could listen to folk music. You could even, you could listen to classical religious music. They're, they're all good, but yeah, nothing is going to satisfy, you know, if you're a 12 year old boy and you want to listen to Tupac and you're not allowed to, you're going to have to settle for DC talk. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if that's the job, actually, then or grits, it'll probably be fine. Right? I was going to say, actually, you'll need to settle for grits or T-bone <laughs> or uh, gospel gangsters. They've um, got rap. They've got rap. It's okay. 
The kid with no morals sell his mama for a dollar. They all fall down. They all fall down. They all fall down. They all fall. I've compiled this alongside with bones so you can file this. Under oath for opposing an eyeless. Doubt what you know nothing about. Reactionary. Belief in the scriptures fulfillment are contrary. To popular belief. Hell bound in a basket. Sucking on their teeth. Wound up in a casket. It closed. You froze. Already told the doors you go through. The life you chose to lead determines the place you go to. The naked, untrained eye. Cool. Well, Tra- Trav, what what are your general general thoughts? Yeah, it seems like they're always fifteen years behind whatever's happening in contemporary. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Like music right now sounds like uh like uh Russia blood to the head era Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, hey, right. you guys heard this? It's pretty rocking. Or like the Lumineers, maybe. Yeah. You sure. know. Yep. Um, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it, yeah, there's no reason to ever listen to, like, there's not, I can't think of any, I don't know any bands, I can't, I'm not the person to ask, but I've never experienced a song where I went, oh, actually, this transcends, like, uh, secular music, this is better, this is more interesting, more complicated, more complex. There are a few exceptions where you know you and I have shared some. There, um, there are there, music where we go. Oh, this is actually this is pretty yeah, interesting. This is yeah. cool. This works. There were Christian um, underground bands that are like in the conversation of like other underground band. You know, like non-Christian yes, bands. But but I'll say that the I I'm having the opposite effect of what Christians wanted from me with Christian music. Like Christians will say, I would, I could listen to the, the secular version, but I'll listen to the Christian version because that's, that's better. And I, I like, now I'm like, I could listen to the Christian version, but I want to get as far away from that mm, as possible. Sure. Yeah. Like I actually like am turned off by the, um, just the things that Christian music is associated with musically, uh, I guess like even like contextually um, just how corny it is. It's so corny. Yeah. I mean the vast majority of it, I would say is like 98% of it. Um, I figured we would, we would do these in chronological order. Um, these albums were mid mid nineties. Um, we'll, we'll start with jars of clay. Um, they were a band that, um, started in the early nineties. Um, the members went to Greenville college in Illinois. Um, I think we touched on this maybe, um, when flood maybe first kind of showed up on the, um, modern rock, uh, chart. Uh, I think I had mentioned that uh, members like bonded over a love for um, uh, Toad, Toad, the Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, they formed this band and um, uh, interesting thing about Jazz of Clay is it's like uh, two acoustic guitarists, a dude who plays like keyboards and uh, a, a singer. Um and uh, they recorded a demo and submitted it to something called the Gospel Music Association, which is something that I don't really know uh, much about. Um, 
and they uh, were able to enter a competition performing in Nashville, and uh, they won the competition. And between that and releasing this demo and hype around that, they um, signed a deal with a like bigger Christian label um, and had the opportunity to have their debut album um, released that way. The label was called The Central um, Recordings or something like that. And um, the album was released in October of 1995. Um, an interesting detail that I did not know about this um, until uh, doing research for this episode is that um, Adrian uh, Ballou of King Crimson, the uh, prog rock band, um, mm-hmm. did uh, uh, produced two of the songs on this album, Flood and... And he's he's he played lead guitar for Bowie. Yeah, on a couple he albums, did. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Talking Heads on at least a few songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I. Yeah. I think he's like pretty wildly like creative. It's crazy. He he's on Scary Monsters, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah, that was some... Robert Fripp. Oh, mm. I get them mixed up. Weren't they both in King Crimson? Yes, and Robert oh, okay. Robert Fripp is on Scary Monsters, but. Uh, Adrian Ballou also performed for Bowie. Um, okay. I don't know if he was like, uh, if it was live or on recordings, but um, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're all right. Um, I always get them mixed up. But it is craziness. He, he heard this acoustic Christian band and was like, this is really good. I will produce some tracks for you. My world is a flood. Slowly I become one with the mud but if i can swim after 40 days and my mind is crushed by the crashing waves that be up so high that i cannot fall and be alone lift me up when i'm falling lift me up the self-titled on by joseph clay basically is you know, as I said, two acoustic guitars. So an acoustic album um, with no drummer. It is mainly like programmed, like electronic beats, which is kind of cool. I don't know. It, it, it definitely, yeah. it, it's it cool. definitely makes it stand out. Um, it sounds like Enya. Uh, it's a little new agey. Yeah, with all the because there's like strings and all sorts of other stuff going on too. That on that, that makes first sense. track, there's some kind of sample or something like it sounds like monks yes. singing or something. Yep, yep. Oh, Jesus. Um, there's all sorts of that kind of stuff. There's like um, river dance kind of moments and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it's just uh. I don't know. It, it's it's a really strange sound. It definitely has like a jangly um, acoustic vibe too. Like I get, um, it doesn't sound like Toad the Wet Sprocket to me, but I get how they would be an influence on these guys musically. Um, so so yeah, that that's just the general sound of of the album. Um, so yeah, Trev, what what did you have to say about about it? Um. Toad the wet blanket. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, neutered milk hotel. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Broken nativity scene. That one's a little bit of a stretch. Uh, Dunkant chic. <laughs> sure. And uh, not so savage garden. Sure. Wonderful. Sure. Thanks. Thank you. I wrote that in my notes on my phone. Yeah, I uh, I was surprised over and over. I knew that Christians could rock, but I didn't know that Christians were so funky uh, mm. across this whole set of tracks that they really, the, with the programmed beats and everything. Um, the bass gets pretty funky, too. It's, uh, it's a very hacky-sacky album yeah. to me. Um, but I, I, my notes are... Uh, I can see how a well-adjusted person would choose to listen to this. I had noticed that they had opened for Sting also, and I said I could see how this would sound good before you listen to Sting at a concert. Did you see who else they may have opened for on a tour? No, I did not. Matchbox 20. Nice. Yeah. Oh. I also saw that their next album was called If I Left the Zoo. No. that was... That, no? that was two albums, Later? yeah. Uh, oh, the follow-up was... My credibility. The follow-up was called <laughs> Much Afraid. <laughs> okay, both good. Much Afraid. <laughs> I wish I wish that they had an album called Bonded Over Toad. But I, that's good because I might now make an album called Bonded Over Toad. <laughs> that's I great. I also noticed that they, uh, in their personnel, they have... Two Matthews, which mm. I thought was very fitting. They have a, a past Matthew and a present yeah. Matthew. Yeah, Matthew like Breedlow and Matthew uh, something with an O. I don't remember. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I also this morning was was trying to figure out all of these bands' political beliefs, mm. and uh, the lead singer of Jars of Clay gets a pass where the other bands didn't. Dan Hazeltine. So I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he's uh he says uh religion is the weapon Trump is using to pit us against each other. His tactics are truly sinister on Twitter. So uh he did better than Michael Taint. Taint Taint. Taint. Yeah. He did better yeah. than Michael Taint. Hey, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um the song you know the songs uh I was surprised to totally recognize Love Song for a Savior, um, like to the point where I like knew the words. I was going to say sing along, but I definitely didn't sing along. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew the words. I was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I know what this is. Um, not having thought of, um, you know, that song in forever. And also uh, the first song, Liquid, the mm -hmm. opener, mm -hmm. uh, when they dropped that Gregorian chant, was straight lol and. That was ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> I, I remember liking that song as a kid, and uh, now it is definitely one of my least favorites. It's so funny. Yeah. I was, like, laughing. Yeah. No, that's... 
Absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. Um, but you know, the rest of it, it's just like very nice, it's nice. soft acoustic yeah. rock. Yeah. Rock. It's not even rock. No, no, it's not. Adult contemporary. Al, was there any, any song or songs that you had like any positive feelings for? Um, the first one was, uh, was mm-hmm. that liquid is the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I mean that that when everything comes in, uh, it's it's a little funky and it feels kind of fun. Um, I guess I don't have any particular feelings about Flood, and the rest, um, I don't know. I, I definitely felt like I was listening to worship music. Yeah, there wasn't anything that really crossed over. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, some of it was a little bit like proto emo, almost like the ballads. Um, but uh yeah yeah it didn't make a it didn't make a big impression yeah that's that's totally fair i i definitely agree there is a little bit of like a promo uh a proto emo kind of thing going on here um yeah so yeah um the the first and the main single from this album was flood which we've we've talked about on previous episodes because it was on the modern rock chart for a long time. I could not believe how long it was there. Um, all of the other single, that was the only like crossover, um, to the, uh, secular market there. Everything else was just Christian market. Um, liquid, the first song that we were, we were just talking about. That was a single, um, Travis, you had mentioned love song for a savior. Um, that was a single. Um, I loved that song as a child. Um, the song like a child, which is like another song I loved as a child, but also I think that L that was like one of the more river dancey songs, right? I'm pretty uh-huh. sure. Yeah. Um, and then worlds apart was like the last single, which that song I remember, like that's a ballad. And that was like a, uh, an, an important like praise song that I remember. I don't remember who, but someone like either one of my cousins or uh one of my friends in youth group performed it live uh in church one day um and it is you know whatever i never i i never really cared for that song um yeah i don't know it's it's a fine but acoustic album i i there are songs there there's one song called he that i think is basically just another praise and worship song that i like that song i legitimately like for whatever reason i still hold on to that song i like the music on it it's really pretty album i thought we should talk about is uh probably the biggest um and the most uh important and probably the most known of these um it's jesus freak by dc talk um pitch pitchfork reviewed it uh 
they on did? their Sunday. Oh. oh, did you not know that, Al? No, uh, I should go back and find yeah, that. Yeah, Pitchfork did. It was a Sunday. It was like part of their like Sunday review series. What did they I'm give pretty it? sure they gave it like a 6.8 or something like that. Like it was like. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were way too generous. Way, way too generous, if you ask me. Um, so DC Talk, um, I, I'm fucking embarrassed for them. Like <laughs> DC Talk was three guys. Uh, Michael Tate. Um, who was a black male, uh, Toby, Mc- who, who sang Toby McKeon, a white male, Toby, Toby McKeon, who went by Toby Mac, a white male who did all the rapping and Kevin Max Smith. Um, they met at fucking Liberty university, home of the Falwells, Um, and, um, Look, oh, in the late 80s, 1987 is what my notes say. Um, they started off as like a hip hop slash dance group. Um, their first two albums, uh, came out in 1989 and 1990. Um, it was a self titled album in 89, and then new NU Thang T H A N G was their sophomore album. Um, and that's probably that was probably my introduction. I think New Thing was my introduction to them. Um and then their third album, uh Free at Last, came out in 1992. And that was a mix of like hip hop, dance, and rock. Yeah, so their fourth album, Jesus Freak, came out and on November 21st, 1995. I remember there was so much hype about this album. It was <laughs> supposedly this game changer i remember i don't remember exactly when the single came out but like i remember getting the like cassette maxi single of jesus freak which it was the song jesus freak and like a remix and a cover of uh a song by a a christian songwriter named larry norman who is like very popular and and highly regarded as like one of the first like kind of like Christian rock artists. Um, the song was called, I wish we'd all been ready. Um, which is a song about the rapture. Um, when, when Jesus comes down from heaven and, and takes all of the believers up to heaven to escape the end Mm -hmm. times. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, totally twisted and insane. Um, but yes, I, I just remember there being a lot of hype around this album, and uh, it came out in 1995. Uh, apparently, it debuted at number 16 on the Billboard 200 albums list, uh, albums chart, rather. Um, it went on to be certified as uh, double platinum, um, so it was pretty massive. It's a very long album, 13 songs. Um and it is more rock leaning than the previous albums, but there's still an element of pop and uh, a little bit of rapping. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess genre wise and stylistically, it's pretty all over the place. Um, wh- what did, what did you guys think of, of Jesus freak by, by DC talk? <laughs> <laughs> this was kind of the ultimate album that felt like the, the description that I made earlier of, 
uh, p- putting a photo of a nature scene in your child's room to, to and trying to convince them that it's a window. Um, yeah, this this feels like something that is intended very specifically for people who want to engage with pop culture and are like not allowed to. Um, uh, I with that said, I do kind of like the bigger single from this, that's just the only song that I realized I knew mm. from any of these albums, which is Between You and Me. sounds kind of like Duncan Cheek um, or maybe it slightly sounds like it could be on like a squeeze album or something like that. Um, Pretty good. I was a little bit surprised by how, um, how uh, new metal some of it already kind of sounded in, in what 1995. That's where we are. Yeah. Um, I I guess it's just rap rock. I mean, um, Maybe that's always sounded uh, like. Uh, maybe that's what I think of when I when I use that word new metal. Um, yeah, this is probably my least favorite of the three. Trav, what do, what do you think of DC Talk? God, I hate this album. <laughs> this was awful. Oh my god, I've been holding it in all week, and I just need to tell you guys how miserable I was listening to this. I fucking hated this yeah i fucking hate dc talk for making me sit through this album oh there the the genre jumping is whatever like certain artists can do it and do it well obviously they don't but like the whiplash i got from going from uh the song that I don't like to say, the song title I don't like to say because it's that's the best, probably the best song on the album <laughs> or, or second best. Maybe. Oh, colored people! I'll say it. Col- colored, yeah, couple. it is. Bleep. It is definitely the best song on the album. Going from that to Jesus Freak, which somehow was like the biggest song. Is that right, Aaron? Oh, 100%. The biggest, yes. right? Yes. That song Oh, actually, is... I'm so sorry. No, I, I think actually... So Between it's kind of an apples and, and oranges. Yeah, right? I, Jesus Freak was definitely the biggest Christian song. Um, oh, I was going to say biggest like uh, rock song where, you know, they had ballads too. Right. Hard rock song. Do you, is that what you mean? Not not in popularity. You mean in sound? No, no. Oh, okay. I mean, like Jesus Freak was like the big uh, hard rock song, and then like you know, yeah, they had other ballads that were popular in different ways. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jesus Freak. Oh boy, what a stinker! That mm. is one for the stall of blame. 
that would be a zero for me. That would be a song that <laughs> makes me a little bit angry to listen to. <laughs> he sounds like he sounds like Ketis in it, like a, a shitty third rate Christian Ketis. Wait, who? Um, which 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 one? Which singer? They all. Sing I don't know. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> which which part which part because I I, oh, I, I I didn't think Ketis, but I thought other things what did you think uh well I mean cl- okay so clearly on Jesus freak they're Nirvana wannabes right like no yeah yes yeah I mean no 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 no, no. I'm not saying that it actually sounds like Nirvana but there is clear direct ripoff of smells like teen spirit And it was, I don't and, know. And it was no, no, it was like known. Like they were, they were trying to go for like a Nirvana esque hit. But it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like grunge at all. No. And there's like, like I, there's turntables, there's rapping. Um, yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're trying, that is like, no joke. That is their attempt at a grunge song. And just the spirit behind the song is so mm. ugly and stupid. And uh, so I found this article um, that I thought was actually kind of interesting from. Uh, it's called Jesus Freaks and Donald Trump, whatever. I didn't I don't want to get into the political aspects of it. But there were these quotes that I wanted to take away from it. Um, and one says, uh, Jesus freak articulated the way the evangelical church thought of itself, marginal, scorned by mainstream culture, right. and importantly, the victim of violence rather than its agent. Right. And then later it says, the song conflates Chris- criticism of Christianity with the persecution of Christianity. Right. It elevates the eccentric to the status of martyr. And that's what it is. It's all like, boy, it's really hard to be a Christian. Right. Right. That, that's interesting because that was my reaction to the newsboys. Um, huh. th- this idea of like, yeah, we're you, we're we we will not be silenced. We are Christian. <laughs> like you're you're trying to oppress us. Um, I didn't necessarily hear that, but I, I guess I wasn't listening very closely. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's the primary thing I got from this. I think there but is then, a definitely a component then, of that to the newsboys, Alec. But yeah, I mean that is definitely the message behind this album and this song by DC Talk the, big time. The most infuriating tone deaf thing that they do is the reprise of this song where they sing it in like a jokey lounge voice style. Uh-huh. And it's like, you fucking idiots. You think it's funny. You, you think you have the room to joke around while you, you know, claim that live it's your lives like, in support right. of like stealing people's rights and things like that. Like fuck out of here yeah. with that. That is awful. Yeah. You know, I, I had said um, in my notes, I came away from jars of clay being like, they're okay, but like I wouldn't like if this album was a person, I wouldn't necessarily trust them and I wouldn't want to have a beer with them. Right. But like 
if DC Talk was a person, I wouldn't leave my drink unattended with them. <laughs> okay. But I did think uh, Between You and Me was the best song in the album. So I had, when I was doing my, uh, my politics research, I had unfairly deemed Michael Tate as the, the mouthpiece of this band. That was before I had watched video and realized that, there, that the three of them kind of share vocal duties. And that was not something that I had understood. I just thought, for some reason, I just thought that Michael Tate was mm. the lead singer of this band. Um, but he is uh, he is an, an open uh, Trump supporter. He supported Cruz in the Republican primary, and then uh, and now he's a big he's a big Trump guy. So, Love it. Uh, yeah. I'm so curious about Toby Mac. What the yeah. hell, Toby Mac? What's your deal? Oh, uh, I'm not Toby Mac. Uh, I did not see, but he was at. Uh, Igthus Festival when I was there one year, a Christian music festival. Uh, I was there doing merch for Javelins. They were playing at this festival. And uh, Toby Mac was there. And so was um, Stephen Baldwin, also a (laughs) crazy Christian, I think also Trump supporter. Um, And we got a picture with, with Stevie B, actually. Nice. Toby Mac, uh, best Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate the passion, Travis. I, I really do about this album. I, <sighs> I, I'm not going to give my full opinion yet, but, uh, it, it was, it's a tough listen for sure. Um, and it's like, uh, also like a defining like moment, like this more than anything seemed to be what represented Christian music in the 90s, right? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. even more so than Jarzik, like more than any other album, this was it. And the music sucks and the sentiments behind the music suck. Um, not only do they suck, they're, they're kind of ugly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you, you really put a good, interesting spin on it that I... I think I knew was there, but just you put it so elegantly and like you're, you're spot on. It's, you know, it's a pet peeve of mine to be, you know, for someone to be a Christian and to claim that they are a marginalized group of people and that they are, um, uh, oppressed, you know? So this album, um, had like 10 singles. Um, out of the 13 songs, like there, it was like mostly singles. Now this is in like the Christian market. Um, so I just kind of jotted down like the five that I thought were, um, the most prominent, um, to the best of my memory. Um, I, you know, we've talked about the title track, Jesus freak, um, that had a little bit of, um, crossover, um, Similar to Flood, but nowhere near as popular. Um, it was, let's see, um, number 10 on the Billboard Bubbling Under Hot 100 chart. Um, I do recall seeing the music video on MTV when I was a kid. Um, and then the follow-up single, Between You and Me, um, that was huge. Number 15 on the pop chart at one point. 
Um, and number 24 on the adult contemporary, uh, billboard chart. Um, some other singles, um, in the light. Uh, did you guys hate that song? Was that song terrible? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I hated it cause it was DC talk, but, oh. um, I don't think it was like obnoxious. Uh, and then what if I stumble was another prominent single, which is like a ballad, um, acoustic guitar, um, some extensive, uh, or expansive, uh, instrumentation, um, and then colored people, um, which we've, uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier. Um, Travis has a hard time saying the title. Uh, I think Alec and I like it more than most songs on this album. It takes on character with every love and stroke. This thing of beauty is the passion of an artist heart. By God's design, we are a skin kaleidoscope. Okay, uh, the next album that we are going to talk about is um, the album Take Me to Your Leader by the band Newsboys. Newsboys without the the is what it seemed like. Oh. Oops. Didn't know that. I've been saying it wrong all these years. <laughs> they formed in Australia in 1985. Um, they had a bunch of albums in the late 80s and into the early 90s, which I had just no no experience of, no real knowledge of. Um, uh, the first I had heard of them was uh, with 1992's Not Ashamed album. Um, mainly, that was like a big like Christian pop hit. Um, the title track? Uh, yes, of the album. Not, oh, not the yeah. song, Not Ashamed. Do you, re- do you remember that, Jeff? Vaguely, yeah, yeah, vaguely. I'm not ashamed to burn. I think it's, I'm not ashamed to say his name. Yeah. I'm not yeah. a say so boo do boo. Something oh, like that. Real <laughs> banger. Yeah. Yeah, a real, real banger. So yeah, uh, after 1992's Not Ashamed, um, in 1994, they released Going Public, which was, uh, I, I think that was like their true breakout. It had a song called Shine. Travis, do you remember the song Shine? Oh God, yes. Yeah. That song is bad. That song, yes. that's a bad song. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow. Yes, yes. Uh, I loved that song as a kid. <laughs> well, when you're like 10, yes. like that's, it's a song for 10-year-olds. Yeah. Shine, make them wonder what you got. <laughs> make them think that they are not on the outside looking on, something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's another persecuted Christian song. Yes, yes. Great. My, well, actually, it's, I mean, it's not about persecuted Christians. It's about, like, like helping the persecuted secular people who obviously right, are unfulfilled. Right. right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love that song as a kid. I think my dad really liked it, too. And we would always, um, at, uh, 
like once a month, my youth group would do, uh, would go to Skateland, the like uh, skate rink downriver, and it would be a Christian music night. And I would always request Shine by the Newsboys. Wait, your roller rink was also called Skateland? Yeah, I think it was a, a, a chain or a, like a local, like a Michigan chain or something. Don't say that. Could be wrong. Skateland uh, is, is Mount Morris. That was the Mount Morris roller rink. Cool. Uh, and it, it was cool. Anyways, continue. There's pro- did it have a laser tag uh, room too? Uh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to say it uh, eventually worked up to that. My art, my skateland too, yeah. Um, so going public was like basically just a a pop album. Um, the sunshine that I I mentioned was was huge. Um, and then this album, "Take Me to Your Leader," uh, was released in 1996. Um, the band had two main vocalists. Uh. Peter Furler, who was also their drummer, and uh, John James. Um, James eventually left the band shortly after this album. Um, Furler left later on uh, in 2009 is what it looks like. Um, and Michael Tate of DC Talk uh, joined as the lead singer, um, which is hilarious. Oh, yeah, we never talked about DC Talk, like, broke up after... Um, there was like one more album after Jesus Freak called Supernatural, I think. Okay. And uh, so on, on Take Me to Your Leader, there's I, I had trouble figuring out the situation with the singers because there's a singer who has lots of tood. He's got serious attitude. And then there's another singer that's a little bit less in your face. But it seemed to me that most of the songs were the guy who has lots of tood. Yeah, I'm... <sighs> The God is not a secret to be kept guy. I know I, I could never tell the two apart. Like I could, okay. all the vocals sound the same to me. I always knew that there were multiple vocalists, but they both sound uh-huh. the same to me. The only song that sounds slightly different is the title track. Take me to your leader. Uh-huh. Um, That's the hacky sacky one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, but they both have like kind of like raspy, uh, voices. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, two two guys singing for the most part. Um and yeah, so Take Me to Your Leader, this ended up being their sixth album, and uh it was released in February of ninety-six. Um someone else that was involved with it is this guy named Steve Taylor. Uh Travis, were you ever familiar with that name at all? No, never. Okay. Me me neither only uh, only because of the Newsboys did I know of of him. He was a producer. He was like a singer uh, uh, in a rock band um, in like the eighties, I think. And he had hits like Pank, <laughs> Live in an Elevator. His name was Steve Taylor. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Janie's got a gan. A gan. Yeah. Steve Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. So wake this way. <laughs> so this guy uh like co-produced and co-wrote I think a lot of the lyrics on this album. Um and uh yeah, um 
It did not have any crossover success like uh, Jars of Clay or like uh, DC Tech's Jesus Freak. This was pretty much solely in the uh, Christian market. Um, I think they were gut like that was their thing. Um, they were definitely a Christian band not really looking um, to cross over at all. I think they were like sort of like a ministry is what um, they would refer to themselves as. And um, yeah, this is like just a pretty basic guitar driven pop rock album that has pretty good production. And um, I really enjoyed it as a kid. I think I was pretty excited about it when it first came out and was like by far the best thing uh, they had ever done. Um, everything before this was <laughs> like pure shit compared to, to this. Which I, is- I didn't, uh, I didn't particularly like it, but I did find the lyrics at least to be kind of interesting. So I, you know, I mentioned that they, we've been talking about these bands having this like persecution complex and yeah. the, the first track he's going through, he's talking about the biz, man he says your in-depth research shows drop the God, emphasize the beat. I've heard that positive pop you dig. I'd rather be buried in wet concrete. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, God is not a secret to be kept. So he's got to he's got to sing about God. He's got a, a, a pretty serious. Um, uh, there, there's a little bit of a punk sensibility to this that was absent mm. in the others. My note was worst music, comma best lyrics of the three. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that I stand by that. But um, I also found it uh, a couple of other notes. Uh, Take me to your leader sounds a little bit like Collective Soul. I know I keep talking about Collective Soul, but they sound a little bit like uh, like like later '90s Collective Soul. Um, I think they're the first that I noticed that has a song condemning people to hell. First this evening. Oh, uh, the song about breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to breakfast when you're burning in hell yeah. or whatever. Yikes. Right. And I found it funny that their Wikipedia article talks about all of their number one hits without mentioning what chart they were mm-hmm. number one on. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about the Christian charts to know what chart they were number one on, but just with the, to without context to say, oh yeah, this was a number one and this was yeah. a number one. That was a, a, a pretty goofy choice. I kind of was meaning to ask you earlier, was there a was there a radio station for all of this in, in Southeast Michigan? Uh, 10, 103.5, I think, was the... I don't know what the... Um like nickname or the, the station name or whatever, but the, on the dial, it was one Oh three point five. Uh, when we first got like Comcast cable, I remember when I was a kid, there was a Christian music video station, um, that would go off air at like four 30 or something like that in the afternoon. And then was just like white, white noise. Like it, it was nothing. It was just static after that. Um, until like the next morning or whatever. I don't know really how that worked, but um it was called Z Music, I think. 
and um i that's how i watch like music these music videos and stuff um but yeah anyways trev you like the newsboys nope <laughs> they stink um i, I yeah i mean just uh, i felt like they were ubiquitous around the time like i would go like any christian music festival i would go to somehow the newsboys were always playing and like somehow they were always playing before church and they were always playing like at youth group stuff and it's like did anybody actually like the newsboys i mean maybe our parents did or something like Mm -hmm. that but nobody ever was excited about them and um there's nothing to be excited about. They are uh, very milk toast, and um, for sure, yeah, yeah. Just uh, there's they don't they don't have great hooks. Um, the and the hookiest thing they did was so far beyond it uh, in Shine that it's like you want to. Uh, bang your head against a wall after hearing it because it's so obnoxious. The melody yeah. is so obnoxious. So, yeah. Um, no, I did not like this. I did not enjoy the Newsboys. I didn't hate it. Um, but it was, it, it was safe. It didn't go for anything interesting or unique. Um, and it just makes me wonder how a band like this becomes so popular. Mm. I, I, I loved this album when I was a kid. Like I really, really, really loved it. Um, it did not age well at all. Um, it's definitely like, it's a very safe album. It's very, yeah. Like you said, uh, just milk toast, like just nothing to it. I think, I think it's a little hookier than you say. I think there are, catchy melodies on it um a little little earworms but um yeah i I I guess there were moments like that for me too i thought reality was like okay yeah like that's yeah that was the song that kind of stuck out the most to me yeah at at this Mm -hmm. point i was pretty impressed actually at least a a teeny little bit fun (laughs) so i loved the song lost the plot which is a not a non-single um just kind of like opens as a ballad and gets rocking later on. And uh, I, I liked that song a lot when I was a kid and our uh, friend of the pod, a, a friend of the pod slash former guest, uh, he and I bonded over having liked that song in our childhood. Um, Eric, Eric uh, also liked that song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which he would have been a good guest to have gotten on this maybe, but uh, sorry, Eric. Um, but yeah, I think reality, like just kind of a disco-y pop song, right? It's pretty, pretty good. Sounds good. The production, I feel like the drums sound really good on that song.
The other thing that I would want to mention about Newsboys uh, that I had texted you all about is that they're featured in God's Not Dead 1, 2, and 3, which is a series of movies directed by Harold Kronk. Uh, And the first one, Kevin Sorbo of uh, the Hercules TV show, is a college professor who's an atheist, and he tells his Christian student that if his Christian student can't prove the existence of God, he will fail him. Uh, and so it's another good piece of uh, aggrieved, persecuted Christian propaganda. I have not watched it, but it's been discussed on many um, bad movie podcasts, including my, my favorite bad movie podcast, The Flop House. It has a 1.3 average rating on Letterboxd, so I'm a little disappointed that I didn't get to uh, I didn't get to watch it in preparation for this episode, but. I didn't know about um, it until you texted us. Yeah, no and clue. in fact, the Newsboys have, it looks like their top streamed song on Spotify is the song God's Not Dead, which I assume um, appears in the film. I don't know for a fact, but it, I assume it does. One would hope. One would hope. That's like the um, the newer version of Left Behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it might be around the same time as Left Behind, though. Um, the first one's from 2014. Left Behind is from also from 2014. Oh, there was an older Left Behind movie there with was? Kirk yeah. Cameron. Yeah, I feel like that was around college. Uh, okay, maybe 2000. The 2014 or version is the Nicolas Cage movie. Hello, where everybody gets raptured except for him. <sighs> Now you're speaking my language. Hell yeah. Was Harold Kronk involved in that one? (laughs) (laughs) I don't see any Harold Kronk involvement. (laughs) No Kronk, I'm walking. Uh, Honk for Kronk. (laughs) So did you guys think that this band were like accomplished musicians at all. Like they seem like they're decent. Okay. I, Although now I, I don't know what to think. Cause I thought DC talk were playing those right, instruments yeah. and then I watched and they were basically doing the backstreet boys. So I, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm suspicious of this whole institution. <laughs> that's now. fair. That's, that's fair. Um, so I saw Newsboys. I don't remember where it was at a big place, um, with GF Moore and the distance. And Plank Eye, who were a more underground band uh, as the opener, and they had two drummers, Newsboys, had two drummers, and they did a drum off at one point. And um, they were like in like circular, like, or like spherical, like they, they were contained, the drums were contained and were like lifted up off the off the ground and up into the air and like turned around and like the like moved upside down and all this shit it was like quite a flashy show and i think that that was them like i think they were like all um just like putting on a big big show um i think they wanted to be pop stars but were like happy to settle in the Christian scene, um, 
And they just wanted the like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think they did want to minister, quote unquote, to kids, but um, they were happy to play like these big churches and, and things like that. And um, it, it was it, I mean, it was a pretty impressive show, but um, I don't know. The music's just kind of dumb for me. Um, now, like as a kid, I loved it. Like I like I said, but. Um, it's just too, too cookie cutter, too, too safe. Well, do we want to, um, do we want to like rank the three? I think I can guess how each of you would rank them, but why don't you just tell me? How how you would rank them? Jars of Clay Newsboys DC Talk. That's your Jar- Jars of Clay number one. Well, I'm sorry. Yes. Jars mm-hmm. of Clay Newsboys jamming a screwdriver into my ear. <laughs> DC Talk. Even though you hated Take Me to Your Leader as well. You hated uh Jesus Rake more. I don't think I, I I don't I didn't hate Take Me to Your Leader. I just sort of pitied it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Love it. El- uh, I guess I'm going to go Newsboys, Jars of Clay, DC Talk. I didn't hate any of it, but I didn't like any of it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give any of those albums more than, uh, I don't know, maybe two and a half out of five. Would be your highest rating of an album. That would be my yeah. highest. Yeah, yeah, but maybe, maybe, maybe just two actually. <laughs> okay, my my number one is definitely Jars of Clay, which I would probably give a three point five two out of five. Uh, my number two would be Newsboys. Take me to your leader, which I would probably give like a two. Two and then uh, Jesus Freak by DC Talk, I would give a one, one out of five. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that the Jars of Clay album is better than Pop by U2? Yes, yeah, definitely. Would you say it's better than Razorblade Suitcase? Yes. Oh my god, okay, <laughs> all right, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, oh boy, that just set some sirens off. I wasn't (laughs) expecting that. I thought we were done. Um, would you say it's better than a boy named Goo? I would say that it is not better than boy named Goo. Okay. All right. Probably. I, yeah, no, no. Would you say it's better than Jagged Little Pill? No. No, okay. definitely not. Yeah. Okay. Definitely not. I would say okay. that I maybe enjoy it more than Boy Named Goo just a little. Wow. Overall, but Boy Named Goo has jams that are incredible. So more, better than anything on uh, the Jersey Clay album. Holy cow. Okay. Alec, are any of yes. these. Are any of these albums better than Pop by U2? 
Gosh, they're pretty similar in quality to Pop by U2. Yeah, right? Uh, um, I would rather listen to Pop by U2 than any of these albums, though. Okay. How about yeah. the Primitive Radio Gods album? <laughs> oh, man. I, I would say some of this stuff is better than the Primitive Radio Gods. Oh, my God, album. really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you're, you, you can't actually be surprised by that. I am, kind of. Really? I mean, this is so bad. You guys, like, like, oh, like that all of this. Primitive Radio Gods album was bad. <laughs> it was bad. It's not this bad. I don't know. I, it's possible that all three of these albums are better than Holy Cow Gods album. Holy cow. Um, all right, all right. I'd rather listen to this stuff than Frog Stomp. Oh. Don't get me started. I would. I would. That's we're we're not the same. Um, <laughs> what about uh Deluxe by Better Than Ezra? None of this is as good as Deluxe by Better Than Ezra. Wow. And you, These are good questions, though. These are all thoroughly mediocre albums. Yeah, yeah. That's your asking. And I know that about. like Deluxe was a, a slog for all of us. Mm-hmm. But there yes. were two or three very good songs on yeah. it. Yeah. How about uh, Let Your Dim Light Shine by Soul Asylum? Oh, man. I don't even remember that album. <laughs> I, I really don't. Uh, I remember getting into old Soul Asylum stuff uh, as a result of doing that episode, but gosh, I don't. I remember there was a song with the music video in the outhouse where the lady grew the wings or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't even remember. I'm not going to remember any of this stuff in a year either. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I'm going to say that I think. The Jars of Clay album is better than the 311 album. Mm. Okay. And it is better than 16 Stone by Bush. Wow. wow. Okay. I I'll think th- that. I'll take that. I'll take that, Jeff. I don't know that it's better than the Matchbox 20 album, <laughs> which is probably the <laughs> third on. worst you- album. Wait, you don't covered. you don't know if it's better than right? But it's like it's like sim- similar. But you think it's better than Sixteen Stone? Yeah, I guess so. But you said the Matchbox Twenty album was the worst album that we've covered. Hmm. Well, the math doesn't doesn't pan out there. Uh, I guess this has given me some perspective. <laughs> I thought 16 Stone was really bad. It's been a long time. No, I, I, and when I, I think of like the worst albums that we've covered, I remember just like just being so disappointed in 16 Stone. The singles are good, but like the the album tracks were miserable. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of other albums like that. The Jars of Clay album is not miserable. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. good, but it's not miserable. So, um and the Matchbox Twenty, yeah, it's probably it probably is better than Matchbox Twenty. Yeah, definitely it is. <laughs> Travis and I were also talking about how our Spotify algorithms are getting really <laughs> irreparably fucked. Oh, one hundred one hundred percent. But mine already got fucked. I mean, I already had like, I don't think it was this past year, but the year before, my Spotify wrapped. 
was like uh one of like my top five uh listened to genres was christian punk (laughs) (laughs) and that was like not for podcasts that was like just me listening to that stuff two years ago (laughs) making a making a playlist um so in addition to these albums i had made you guys a playlist of other like christian rock hits of the mm-hmm. of the mid 90s and uh just curious you know we don't have to go through the whole thing or anything like that but just curious uh if you know thoughts of any any songs any anything you wanted to talk about there um, i can share the playlist um, on the facebook post too if people would be yeah. interested uh, the you must have known what you were doing because the very first song, "Great Lengths" by PFR, was the best song that I listened <laughs> to in preparation for this podcast. Sure. It's a uh, Elvis Costello uh, style Beatles esque, very very melodic kind of thing. It's got some, um, it's got some good uh, MIDI strings mm-hmm. and MIDI bells mm-hmm. that are actually sounds that I really like. So. That was fun. Why didn't I go to such great lengths to try to please you instead? I tried to please myself. In the end, when your heart is broken, I see the folly of trying to please myself. I have not yet arrived seeing anything. Why are my desires do they die? Until they Uh, the audio adrenaline album cover I just want to point out has the words why you want to censor me on it which is just a good continuation of the Christian persecution thing I totally forgot about that Um, you put on a song by Big Tent Revival which was I hate Piano Man in the first place, and this was just shittier Piano Man. <laughs> sure. Is that the Joneses? Two one? sets of Joneses. The two sets of Joneses. Yeah. yeah, the two sets of Joneses. One of them got raptured, I think. Maybe is what. Oh, what happened that to could them? be. Yeah, I think so. Two sets of uh, Joneses. Which one will you be? Yeah. Yeah, and then there's that Rebecca lady who we already we talked, talked about. about yeah, she, she was part of the Alanis yeah. wave. That song has been stuck in my head, and it is not welcome. There. <laughs> it is unpleasant. The song sounded way better to me this time than it did back when I introduced it on the one Alanis okay. episode. But yeah, not great. Trav, did you listen? Yeah. Trav? Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to say with the with regards to the audio audio adrenaline songs. Uh, one was Big House. Mm-hmm. which uh, going back to my time recently playing music, which I have to say um, I did for money. So I have a lot more to atone for than frozen pizzas. Um, but we played big house and that riff is awesome. Dude. I love the riff. I don't know it's all alone. So why not come with me? Big, big table with lots and lots of food. 
I gotta say, fuck that song. <laughs> oh man, maybe, but but the but the riff is sweet. So uh, I really um, enjoyed playing it. It was a cool song to play, but not necessarily. I mean, it's a kids song, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the lyrics. Uh, something in something with me to my father's house. Yeah. Go, is it go and play with come, me? Come, come and go. Come with and go me. with me. <laughs> come and go with no, me to brother. my father's house. It's a big, big house with lots and lots of room. It's a big, big table with lots and lots of food. It's a big, yeah. big yard where we can play football. Football. <laughs> <laughs> God. It's it's my father's house. Um, oh, that's right. Oh, that's God. right. Yeah. Well, you got You just got to get inside of it. You got to learn the craft <laughs> of the song to really fully appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. True. MXPX. We got a couple of MXPX jams. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of just put their biggest hits i i felt like move to bremerton was something that i was really familiar with is that one of the best mxpx songs yeah i think so okay it's a great song okay uh (laughs) (laughs) it's a a great mxpx song well yes yes. okay okay and then uh it's a great no it's 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 a good song it's a good period they give me too much memory too many memories of truly bad punk bands that we played with in high school i mean really like they weren't bad they were never bad mxpx i mean i shouldn't say they were never bad they maybe became bad or something like that but they were just very generic like they never had any character or things that set them apart from anything else. I always felt like they were like um a much worse version of Blink-182 on Dude Ranch. Oh, see, I always thought they were a better version because they were so much more technical. Like the song arrangements can often be crazy. Uh and the drumming is incredible. Yuri is an amazing drummer. He is so fast. He's one of the fastest drummers. It is crazy how fast he plays hmm. like really i think they're like stellar musicians wow for you know for pop punk okay like for pop punk not just christian pop punk Drop out of school and run away. quit your job you gotta They're uh, one of the few that, like, to this day, I really like uh, a few MXPX albums. Hmm. Uh, there's a song by Johnny Q. Public called Body B that mm-hmm. um, heavily leans on the riff from Pictures of Matchstick Men by Status Quo. Yeah. What is that about? What yeah. What is going on there? I don't know. I it was an intentional move though. Yeah, I I don't really know. I was that was the one thing that like made me turn my head in this playlist where I was like, mm. "What? Where did that come from?" Yeah. Cool. That's that's great. 
I appreciate that you guys listened to this playlist. I, uh, I like one of the MXPX songs that I put on it, and I like two two other songs on that playlist, and that's that's it. But I just felt it was I wanted to give you guys an idea, or you specifically, really, Alec, um, yeah. an idea of like what else was popular in in the realm of um, you know popular Christian rock. Uh. Earlier this week, we were giving you some uh, good-natured ribbing about uh, enjoying some of this stuff. And your response was something like, how is this any different than the garbage like Aerosmith you guys listen to? (laughs) (laughs) Which, totally fair question, right? It is. Like, I listen to a lot of things that are not cool or um, fashionable. Or a, a lot of the things that I like criticize these bands for not being. And so I've tried to think about that over the last mm. couple of days. And, you know, part of me wonders if it's just like personal experience. Like we all have our own, we all have our own journey that leads us to where we are. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, we're familiar with certain things and it gives us comfort and things like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, the bands I liked when I was a kid weren't hypocrites. So, <laughs> right, sure, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the the stakes are much lower in pop music than they are when you're trying to make a state a religious statement about you know, uh, people's souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they really are setting themselves up to fail. Yeah, in so yeah. many ways, right? Yes, but I mean, yes, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I just listened to God today. I just listened to like all of these eighties Elton John songs that were so bad, but so good. And, um, anybody would just be like, Oh, you're like torturing yourself. And I'm like, no, no, this is, this yep. is all right. I was having this conversation with myself on the way to work. And, uh, it was, um, I don't know. It's probably just like, that's my jars of clay. Mm-hmm. You know, adult contemporary music from the 80s and 90s and uh, things that I recognize as bad but can still enjoy. Yeah. And so it like kind of comes comes down to like what what makes you happy? What do you what do you enjoy? You like what you like. And that's that's great. Like if it brings you happiness and and uh, a valued experience, then what's wrong with it? And I think that's a big part of like why I've been able to uh, revisit this stuff. Is like, I don't care anymore, you know? Yeah. It doesn't, like, affect me, you know? I, I don't, um, it's not, like, changing the way I think or, or the way I view the world or anything. It's, like, an, a nostalgic binge. And uh, it's fun for me, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's twisted in a way because, like I said before, I have so many, uh, uh, so many negative memories and, and, and just uh, negative feelings about the church and stuff and Christian music and my upbringing, but like revisiting like the, the other playlist that I made you guys of like the stuff that I actually like, like I can listen to that shit 
and it just brings me joy. Like it's just, it, it, it makes me happy. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, jars of clay are part of that too. And, and MXPX definitely. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, music, you know, which I love and I'm obsessed with. And I know that you guys are too. I dig music. I hope this was a fun, interesting listen tonight. And I hope we didn't, I didn't ramble on too much. I feel uh, edified and satisfied. Cool. Praise be. Well, He's risen. He is risen. Good, good night. Jesus, don't want me Something's I'm not like Don't expect me to cry For all the reasons you have to die Don't